0: it's Caroline Stephen, financial journalist. Last week on the show, we had former rocket scientist and algorithmic trader, Mr. Perry Kuffman from the Bahamas, and we talked a little about his time on the space program, how he was one of the guys who actually caused the Y2K buck, and we talked about his views on trend following in the markets. Today, we pick up from where we left off, and we discuss testing and defining your parameters, he also gives his top pieces of advice for new traders in the market and some of the secrets to his success, including the ridiculously early time that he gets up every single morning. We start the interview by talking about Perry's wife and her share trading career. So let's start the show with Louise Bedford in Mind Power as she discusses marriage material trading, finding that perfect archetypal trade. That ticks all the boxes. Let's hear her now.
1: My niece has recently become engaged and it's such an exciting time. I chatted with her the other day and we talked about the importance of making a mature decision. I gave her some advice that my older sister gave to me. My sister said, before I got married... Make a list of all of the things that you are looking for in a particular partner and make sure that partner that you're thinking will be a lifetime partner has the majority of those things on that list. Simple advice, but certainly as a trader, this resonates. What we're talking about from a trading arena is to make sure that the instrument you buy is marriage material. We're looking to make sure that everything we want is in a particular trade is represented by that new trade before we place our own money in it. So do you have a checklist? Do you have an archetype? An archetype is the image of that perfect trade in every way, that marriage material trade, that one that has the exact qualities that you believe will lead to greatness. Now, if you do not have a trading archetype, Then you need to develop one now. Go through your charts. Find the ones that are absolute perfection and print them out. Keep them beside your trading computer. Compare your new opportunity with those charts that are marriage material. And if the new chart doesn't add up, if it's not marriage material, then keep looking. Don't just take a share because it's there. Make sure it fulfills your exacting rules before you decide to get involved with it.
2: Hello, my name is Dr. Tim Pitchell. I'm the author of Solving the Procrastination Puzzle, and I listen to Talking Trading.
0: And now here is part two, guys, of the algorithmic trader, and former rocket scientist, Perry Kuffman. And just a refresher for you about Perry Kuffman's background. Perry worked on the navigation for Project Gemini, the precursor for the Apollo mission. Perry used the exponential smoothing to determine the path of missiles, and he took that into the markets to determine buy and sell signals. And he since evolved into a trader, strategy developer, and risk manager, using algorithmic systems. We start part two of today's interview with a question about Perry's wife's trading. Perry, your wife is a share trader. She worked at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange for 25 years. You call her... she didn't
2: work. She was a member and a floor trader.
0: She was a member and a floor trader. And you call her a very systematic trader. With two traders in the house, who does the household budget? (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, actually, I'll tell you a story about that. It turns out that, well, first, we trade very differently. She is not algorithmic. She's systematic. So she she follows indicators and she follows other criteria, but she does not produce it on a computer. She She allows herself to make the decision what she's going to trade and how long she's going to stay in it. But, but one day we sat down and we said, okay, we have to take our uh, investment that we're not trading. And we need to invest somehow. We need to decide what we want to invest in for the next six months or even longer. For example, do we think crude oil is going to go from 50 to 80? Do we think treasuries are going to go up or down? And let's break up the money and we'll put it into these things and we'll hold it for 6 months and we'll see how we do <clears throat> and and she said fine and so we made up this this portfolio of stuff and and she was in charge of it and and so she set the positions and then the next week she came to me and said okay we're out <laughs> we made money she's she's a short-term trader You can't ask a short-term trader to take a long-term position. just doesn't work. When they see a profit, they're out. So, you know, one of the advice I have for investors is to decide whether they're a long-term trader or a short-term trader. You cannot fight your own psyche with this. If you're a short-term trader, find a pattern program that's in for two, three days um, there there are some that do very well. Uh, if you're a long-term trader, moving averages are great. Diversified portfolios are great. But but you can't fight your instincts.
0: Is it a recipe for a happy marriage, having an algorithmic and a short-term trader in the same house?
2: <laughs> yeah, we, we're so different in that. But the good thing is we know all the people in the business and we get to talk about them. <laughs> so and we've all had our own interesting experiences so actually it's very nice because if i were doing all this stuff i would have no one to talk to if it wasn't my wife and she understands systems very well and and so uh she's perfectly willing to say you're out of your mind that'll never work <laughs> so and i keep saying to her why don't you follow a system? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have taken that loss.
0: <laughs> I'd like so. to just touch for uh, just a few minutes because we're running out of time. We've mentioned the robustness of a trading system. In the most simplest of terms, if we can, when we're testing a trend system, what are the things we're looking out for?
2: Yes, actually, that's a good and important question. For those people that do test systems and are algorithmic, uh, most of them, as we said before, they tend to run these optimizations on it and and seek out uh, the best results from all these tests. and they could run a thousand tests. The way I do it is yes, I also optimize or I'll also test a system for the few parameters that I have because I want to know how the system does but but I limit the parameters, the range of the parameters to something that makes sense for what I'm trying to do. So if I'm a macro trend trader, I only test from say 40 to 150 days on the trend. If I'm looking at profit taking, I trade, I look at factors between one and four ATRs. I'm sure that the people that are technical will know what that means. Now, when when you test the market, you get a lot of results. And what I do is I judge the robustness of the system by how many of those results are profitable. So if I have 100 tests, a 10 by 10 little matrix of tests, I want 70 percent, 70 of those tests to be profitable. I don't care what profit they made. I just want them to be profitable. That's what I consider robust. If I only have 30% of them uh, profitable, I reject that system. And I estimate that the best, my best estimate of return is the average result of all of those tests. And the reason is that I don't know which of those combinations of parameters will work best next year or next month. But if 70% of them worked and the average is a positive return, that's what I believe will happen in the future, that average. So that's what I consider a robust system, one that can have, when when you predefine your parameters, it should make money on 70% of all the tests.
0: Before I flip to the next part of the interview, is there one or two perhaps even three short pieces of advice you'd give traders who are fairly new in the markets learning technical analysis or algorithmic trading what would you say to them
2: ah always a difficult problem but but let's say they should start first very small but they should be in the market because you learn the most by losing money and so you you want to trade but you want to not be trading so much that it bothers you to lose, because you've got to get used to losing money. And and it is a much better learning experience than making money. Uh, my, our, our daughter had a problem like that once uh, when she was on the floor of, of the Merck. Her first trade was was a profit. And. And she was delighted, and she came home, and she was wow. ecstatic. And so the second trade, she traded a much larger amount, and she took a big loss. Mm. She was so devastated, she was sick for a week.
0: Well, she had a parent uh, to talk to.
2: Yes, well, but, but still, it's a lesson that you need to start small, but you really have to do it, because you don't know that your system works unless you actually trade it. There are all sorts of things that can go wrong. Your executions can be bad. They're, they're things you just don't know. And the next thing is to start with a trend system. That a long-term moving average is really safe. So start with that and then branch out. It's been the basis for success for so many people. It's really a good lesson to to try trend trend systems. It does have risk. You'll trade small. I think that's really the best I can offer.
0: And what about discipline
2: <laughs> Discipline. Well, if you're going to be an algorithmic trader, you have to follow your system. Uh, we will be tempted from time to time. I am tempted from time to time. Are you? Yes, when a stock opens up 10%, I say, Okay, I'm out of here. And invariably it I'm out and it closes up 15%. So <laughs> I I think when I knit out all the playing around that I do. I'm not ahead. But by the end of the day, I'm back in the trend system and, and usually a little smarter.
0: Perry, I'd like to ask some short personal questions, not too personal, but just some brief personal questions. Are you open to that now that we've talked about the mechanics of trading? I'll, I'll tell you which ones I'm not. I, <laughs> okay. You
2: know, at, at my age, I don't care much. So ask away.
0: Thank you okay so during your time in the aerospace industry what was one of the most important mathematical calculations you made?
2: Well it, you know it's it's actually awfully technical. Uh, I'm just not sure that anyone will follow it but but we had star trackers uh, which were little devices, that sat in the um, uh, module, that honed in on stars above a certain luminosity. That is, they had to be brighter than a certain amount, and then we could find them. Um, And we had three of them, and we had to then triangulate where we were in space. Well, you asked. Mind-boggling. Otherwise, you would have no clue where you were. And then you have to figure out, well, if I'm here, And I want to go there. Uh, What are the coordinates and what speed do I have to go and how do I get there with the propulsion? It's pretty nitty stuff, but I wasn't the only one doing it. We had a team of people and we had two teams doing the same work so we could cross check each other.
0: What was your greatest memory of that time?
2: Oh, I think it was being at a launch it was just so exciting. You know, I'm, I am was very young. How could it be more exciting than being part of this, this moon program? Just, it was like all sorts of great things.
0: Perry, what's the best advice you've ever been given?
2: The best advice has nothing to do with this.
0: <laughs>
2: the best advice was from the person I believe years ago was the CEO of Pacific Airlines which was absorbed and absorbed and absorbed and he told me to write down everything I had to do every day on a pad and sort them according to the things I wanted to do least and do those first and because that will clear you up for the day and allow you to do everything you want to do and and the only problems I've ever had years and years ago was when I avoided telling a client that he didn't make as much money as he thought he made. And it really got upset when he found out. Had I told him right away, would never have been a problem.
0: That's called eating the ugliest frog first, isn't it? Yes.
2: I actually do that when I eat dinner. I eat the things I don't want first.
0: And, And this habit you think has been a mark of your success?
2: Well, I think it's... It's made me a better person. It allows me to do what I want to do. And it's actually made me a less stressful person. But if you get rid of those problems first, you have no stress for the rest of the day. You do what you want.
0: What are the moments or events during your childhood that shaped who you are today? Is there one that stands out? This is oh. deep psychological stuff.
2: My, my mother has a PhD in math. And, and we used to sit and do math problems oh, at the dining room table. My sister hated it. And to this day, she hates math because my mother and I used to sit and do math problems. <laughs> so, and my mother is now 100, and she still edits my books. And she still manages her stock portfolio. And she goes, and she goes to the gym every day. It's it's lovely that people can age with a much better way of life. So.
0: I know you get up very early. I think 5.30, that's your rise time.
2: No, closer
0: to 4.30. 4.30, sorry, my, my apologies. So here's a question. <laughs> what are your strengths? What would you say some of your strengths are other than rising early?
2: <laughs> oh, I, I try to see the big picture in things. I try not to overanalyze things. I, I try all the time to come up with new strategies, new trading methods. And I always try the simplest methods first. And I build slowly on those. And if I can't solve things with relatively simple uh, techniques, I discard them and go on to something else.
0: What else? What? What's another personal quality? Personal quality. Yes, that's the strength. Uh,
2: I walk every morning. I used to I used to do more, but now I just walk 3 miles at a fast pace. And the nice thing is I don't wear headphones, listen to music. I think about what I'm doing, about whatever I want to think about. It clears my head. Sometimes I solve problems that I've been working on for a couple of days just because I don't allow distractions. I just, you know, I walk and I think. And since the weather is always beautiful here, it's, it's just delightful. What's your favorite quote? Do you have one? Actually, it's one that uh, John Eller said about, uh, about statistics. It, he said, numbers are like people. If you torture them, they'll say anything. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite yeah. book? Oh, To Kill a Mockingbird, probably.
0: What advice would you give your younger self?
2: Oh, well, I do have younger ones. I don't really give them advice. Uh, I'll answer their questions. I think that um, it's important to marry someone smarter than you.
0: <laughs> happy wife, happy life, yes. <laughs> well, it's
2: it's more than that. I mean, it's just important to have a partnership and not have to make believe that you're trying to take care of somebody. You should be partners. Luckily, my... Uh, my young son has done just that. Uh, he's married a wonderful girl who is clearly smarter than he is.
0: <laughs> and can you just tell share with listeners whereabouts you are located? Just give a description perhaps of the scenery that you're looking out to?
2: well, we we have a house on a canal um, in in uh, Grand Bahama. It's best not to be directly on the ocean because it can be very stormy with hurricanes. And uh, we have hurricane season. You don't, I don't know what you have down there. You have monsoon season further north. Not sure what you get.
0: We're pretty mild down south.
2: So we're on a fairly wide canal. We have docks with boats outside. And, uh, and we get beautiful sunsets, which we're about to get now.
0: Oh, Perry, and and that's a perfect point to leave off this interview. Perry Kaufman, where can people go to find out more about you and your extraordinary work and some of the books that you've written? Well,
2: I do have a website, KaufmanSignals.com. It has some things on it. It also has reports that people can read, and they can find books by going to Amazon and typing in my name. They're also on the website, but... And I think that's probably as good as you get.
0: I think it's time for that umbrella in your drink now.
2: I oh, know, over time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Perry Kaufman, thank you so much for your time in the Bahamas and coming on to Talking Trading and talking with us.
2: Okay, well, thank you very much, Caroline. It's been a pleasure.
0: And guys, that's it for this week's episode of Talking Trading. Stay tuned for next week's episode with Mr. Chris Tate for a wrap of the markets after the federal election. And just before we go, here's a word from Louise Bedford.
1: Make sure you're subscribed to this Talking Trading Podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcast. It makes a world of difference to our ratings. And you know what else makes a difference? It means so much to us if you write us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcast. I love reading those reviews. It tells us what we're doing well and what we need to improve upon. So make sure you subscribe, tell a friend, give us a review, and then we'll keep on bringing you this high-quality resource. We have produced hundreds of messages for you now in this show, so we are so happy that this podcast is scoring so highly. This community means the world to us, and I'm sure it does to you too. Have a great week.
0: The views represented on talking trading are generally nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regards to your own situation.
1: Want to know the hottest sectors in the Aussie market? Now's your chance. Download my free Hot or Not special report from tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not. That website again tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not.